Hello, and welcome to the Embassy City Podcast. This is the fourth message of the Party Series. If you're just listening for the first time, you can find the past episodes on this podcast or watch it at embassycity.com. Now let's join Pastor Tim. Get your Bibles. I'm ready to go. If you're here, if you're watching, hi, I love you. First time guests, this is normal. <laughs> Deal with that. Um, I'm, I'm just, I, I, I got to preach, so let's go. Um, if you have your Bibles, I'm, I'm, I'm ending the, the party series uh, this weekend. And uh, my hope and my prayer is that by the end of this message, everybody understands why they need to be in a party. I feel like my assignment is to preach you into a party. We've already taught. Last week, Charlotte Gamble came and prophesied in here. And if, if, if you're a resident of this community, uh, whether you uh, come in person or you watch online and you haven't heard that message, you need to go back and listen to it because there was an apostolic and a prophetic uh, unction to her message that has ramifications for this church. They're all positive, they're all great. We are praying through them right now. Uh, but when I, when I heard the Holy Spirit speak that clearly, I had to go, tell me what you meant by that. Anybody ever heard God speak a word, but you didn't know what he meant? Right, you heard it, but you didn't know exactly what that meant. And so, uh, I'm praying through that right now, but I really do feel like um, God used her all the way uh, from Britain to fly over here uh, to speak some things and align us to where we're supposed to be going. If you have your Bibles, I want you to uh, turn to the book of Luke. The book of Luke, uh, I'm going to read uh, the entire chapter, Luke 15. Um, I'm going to read the entire chapter and then I'll tell you what the title of messages, and I'll pray, and then we'll go. Luke uh, chapter number 15, I'm reading from the New Living Translation of the Bible. Uh, if you have your Bible, say amen. amen. If you have a phone, Bible, say amen. amen. If you're going to be watching on the screens because you're like, I ain't got time for either one of those, <laughs> say I apologize. <laughs> I'm just playing. <laughs> just, you should get a Bible, though. Um, <laughs> Just low-key, if you're going to come to church, you probably get a Bible. Um, Luke chapter number 15, verse number 1. Here's what it says. Uh, Tax collectors and other notorious sinners came often to listen to Jesus teach. Can I just pause right there? Tax collectors and other notorious sinners often came. They didn't, it, Jesus wasn't like a street preacher, and they were like, oh, get out of here. What are you doing? Tax collectors and other notorious sinners often came to listen to Jesus teach. This made the Pharisees and teachers of religious law complain. Didn't make them happy that sinners were coming to hear about the kingdom of God. They, they, this made them complain that he was associating with such sinful people, <gasps> even eating with them. Who do you think you are? So Jesus told him this story. I love Jesus. Oh, y'all complaining? Story time. Once upon a time, 
If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others in the wilderness and go to search for the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he will joyfully carry it home on his shoulders. When he arrives, he will call together his friends and neighbors saying, rejoice with me because I have found my lost sheep. In the same way, there is more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. That had to hurt. Or suppose a woman has 10 coins, 10 silver coins, and loses one. Won't she light a lamp and sweep the entire house and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she will call in her friends and neighbors and say, Rejoice with me because I have found my lost coin. In the same way, there is joy in the presence of God's angels when even one sinner repents. To illustrate the point further, Jesus told them this story. A man had two sons. The younger son told his father, I want my, my share of your estate now before you die. Ooh, that's bold. I wish my kids would. <laughs> I really wish they would. So his father agreed. His daddy is built different. His father agreed to let his child live. No, his, his father agreed. <laughs> to divide his wealth between his sons. A few days later, uh, this younger son packed all his belongings and moved to a distant land, and there he was, and there he wasted all his money and while living. About the time his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land, and he began to starve. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him, and the man sent him into the fields to feed the pigs. The young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding the pigs looked good to him. But no one gave him anything. When he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, at home, even the hired servants have food enough to spare. And here I am dying of hunger. I will go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me on as a hired servant. So he returned home to his father. And while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. Filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. But his father said to the servants, Quick! He didn't even respond to his son. His son had rehearsed this apology. His father doesn't even respond to him. He turns to his servants. He says, quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet and kill the calf we have been fattening. We must celebrate with the feast. But this son of mine was dead and now has returned to life. He was lost, but now he is found, 
So the party began. Meanwhile, the oldest son was in the fields working. When he returned home, he heard music and dancing in the house, and he asked one of the servants what was going on. Your brother is back. He was told, and your father has killed the fattened calf. We are celebrating because of his safe return. The older brother was angry and wouldn't go in. That's petty. He was mad. And instead of throwing a party, he threw petty. His father came out and begged him, but he replied, all these years I have slaved for you and never once refused to do a single thing you told me to do. And in all that time, you never gave me even one young goat. I mean, here you are, fattening up big old calves. You ain't ever given me a goat. Been slaving for you, and this is the best you got to give me. You didn't give me one little goat for a feast with my friends yet when this son of yours, oh, now you're not going to even claim him as your brother. When this son of yours comes back after squandering your money on prostitutes, you celebrate by killing the fatted calf. His father said to him, look, dear son, his father's built different. Because both of his kids have disrespected him. This man is built different. Look, dear son, you have always stayed by me. And everything I have is yours. We had to celebrate this day, this happy day. For your brother was dead and has come back to life. He was lost, but now he is found. I want you to pay close attention to the 24th verse. The 24th verse is incredibly significant. Because in the 24th verse, he says, for this son of mine was dead and is now returned to life. He was lost, but now he is found. So the party began. If you're taking notes, uh, it is my assignment to sermonize from the subject. Let the parties begin. Let the parties begin. Bow your heads, let's pray, shall we? Holy Spirit, let the parties begin. Amen. Jesus uh, has a very unique way of wooing us in. If we were to go across this entire room and everyone were to stand up and give an account of why it was important for you to get out of the bed on a Sunday, one of your only two off days, to get dressed and come into an environment to lift up the name of the Lord, to praise his name, to fellowship with other believers, uh, we would need the next three days to get through your stories. 
Everybody that got in this room today has a story to tell, and I'm telling you, it is absolutely compelling. Never look uh, at a person and judge them based on how they look, the way they dress, the car they drive. There is a story behind each and every individual sitting in this room. And my assumption is that the majority of us are here because we have had an encounter with Jesus. Isn't it amazing how Jesus uh, decides to appear at a time in your life where maybe it was inconvenient or maybe uh, you didn't want to be bothered, but he starts to deal with your heart in such a way that you can no longer deny that you need a relationship with him. Not with your church, not with your denomination, uh, not with the God of your parents, but you personally need a relationship with Jesus Christ because you know that there is something incomplete in your life. Jesus had a reputation uh, for, for being compelling and attractive to sinners. Not just any kind of sinners. Notorious. <laughs> If you know, you know. <laughs> Some of y'all in this room were not just sinners. <laughs> you were, by definition, notorious. And isn't it amazing that he wasn't intimidated of you? Does it not shock you that after everything that you had done in your life, Jesus looked at you and said, I will take you too. That no matter what you've been through, no matter what situation you've gone through in life, no matter how dirty you were, no matter how much of a cheater you were, a liar you were, a deceiver you were, Jesus said, I will take you too. Luke 15 starts out by saying that tax collectors and notorious sinners were uh, attracted to Jesus' messages, and, and, and it made the religious leaders mad. I'm always amazed that the only people mad about Jesus drawing sinners are church people. Because I'm thinking to myself, where did you come from? If you mad they came in smelling like smoke, do you remember your own story? Do you remember your own testimony? Do you remember what God saved you from? Well, I gave my life to Jesus when I was seven at youth camp, and I've been saved ever since. Amen. But you was born a sinner. Let's not forget that you were born into sin, shaping in iniquity. And I'm grateful for the stories that say God saved me from. But the majority of people have stories of how God saved them through. And both testimonies are valid in his presence. And we need to be able to share and give glory for both. There's nothing wrong with the religious leaders and their fidelity to Jesus. There's something wrong with their attitude when somebody else doesn't share their same story. There's nothing wrong with you getting saved at seven and being in church all your life and, and you were a virgin until you got married and you never smoked or drank or chewed with those that do. There's nothing wrong with that narrative. As long as you don't think you're better than someone that doesn't have that narrative. I'm glad he saved you from, but there's other people he saved through. 
And I know this is going to land on some people a little bit tight, but you need to know something about God's grace. It is absolutely promiscuous. I know that just probably evokes some, some thoughts and imaginations that you are not uh, ready to kind of appropriate to God, but God, by God's nature, his grace is promiscuous because it will get with anybody. God's grace is down for anybody. What you doing? Got it. I want you. What you doing? Got it. I want you. What did you do? Got it. I want you. What are you going to do? Got it. I want you. I will take anybody. I am no respect of persons. I'm coming for everybody. And when Jesus hears the, th the thought process of these religious leaders, because he's built different, he doesn't start a debate with them. He starts stories with them. And, and not just one story. He decides to tell three different stories at the same time. We would give him maybe a C minus if it was a sermon because we would go, hey, sir, you didn't stick to one topic. You, 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 you should have stayed with one and kind of and, and built on it more. And Jesus is like, no, I'm going to tell you three different stories because I need you to get this three different ways. <laughs> there's some of you that only understand it from the story of the sheep, and there's others of you that will only understand it from the story of money, and others of you will understand it from the story of relationship. I don't know which one you are, so I'm going to tell you all three. He said there was a shepherd that lost one sheep. Had a total of 100, one left. The 99 were secure, but one of them got lost. And that shepherd left the 99 he had that were secure and went looking for the one sheep that was lost. He didn't search for a couple of hours and come back and go, well, I tried, but he's gone. He kept looking until he found that sheep. And he didn't just call that sheep and say, hey, get back over here. He walked over to that sheep, picked it up, threw it over his shoulders, and walked it back with him. There's some people in this room that have the testimony that God didn't just call you out. He came and got you, picked you up, and walked you back to the place where you needed to be. He walked you into the presence of God. He walked you out of a bad situation. He walked you out of, of peril and nightmares. He walked you out of night terrors and depression and suicide. He walked you out of where you were and said, I need you to come with me. And if, and if I, I just, just call you, you might not come. If, if, I, if I, I just call you, you might not find your way. But I'm going to come pick you up. And when you look behind you, you won't see two sets of footprints. Because you've been being carried by the one that called you. That could be one message today. I'm carried by the one who called me. There's some people in this room that have been carried by the one who called them. You've gone through situations where you couldn't walk it out. You had to be carried by the one who called you. There are some people in this room that, that, that you hit a patch in a season that was so dark that you couldn't walk through it. So he just carried you. I'll carry you through this season. I know you can't walk through this season, so I'll carry you through this season. I know you can't find your way, so I'll carry you. 
I'll carry you through this season. I'll carry you through it. You're wondering why, how can I be going through something so heavy and it feels so light? You're not the one carrying it. I don't know who that's for right there. You're not the one carrying this situation right now. You're not even carrying yourself through this situation. If you look down, you'll see that the master is the one that's picked you and it up and said, I'll carry you through what should have broke you. I'll carry you through what should have killed you. I'll carry you through what should have made you lose your mind. I'll carry you through. And I'm sure there were some religious leaders there that were like, I mean, okay. You got a point. I know about shepherding. My grandfather was a shepherd. That's cool. Touche. Good story. Still don't like the fact that you're kicking it with sinners. So he told another story. There was a woman who had 10 silver coins. And then she just lost one. And instead of being resigned to the fact she had nine left, she got her broom and she started sweeping that floor because she said, I know it's in here. <laughs> if I just keep sweeping, I'll stir up enough into that coin manifests itself. In those Palestinian homes, they had dirt floors. And so you could easily drop something and with just a, a few shuffles of feet and, and a couple of days of doing what you're doing, if you're not paying attention, things can get buried in the dirt in your own house. <laughs> the coin was valuable and it was buried in the house. It was not outside of the house, it was absolutely in the house. She didn't drop it on her way home from work. She didn't drop it when she was uh, making an exchange at the grocery store. She knew it was in the house. She just didn't know where, so she started sweeping. And as she started sweeping, stuff started getting stirred up. Dust started going everywhere. But in the midst of all of that uh, 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 dirt going in the air and all that dust starting to uh, uh, fill the room, she found her coin. And when she found her coin, she didn't just say, oh, my goodness, I found it. Oh, I'm so relieved. She invited people over the house. She invited people to her house to celebrate with her that she found a coin she lost in her own house. I just want you to let that marinate real quick. She didn't call it an APB. She, her friends wasn't trying to help her find the coin. But she was so happy to find the coin because the coin meant so much to her. And she wound up turning into an evangelist for her own coin. Come see what I found in my own house. I don't know who this is for, but let me just say that, that God is sweeping through your soul right now. He's sweeping through your house right now because he knows there's character on the inside of you. He knows there's integrity on the inside of you. He knows what he put on the inside of you because he's the one that put it there. You are God's masterpiece according to Ephesians 2.10 and you have been called to do the good things that he said you were going to do from long ago. So he's sweeping through the house. If you want to know uh, why uh, uh, Charlotte's message last week was so important to this house, it's because she took out a broom last week. 
And she started sweeping through the house because there are coins in this house that have not come uh, back to the set. There are coins in this house that have not linked up with their divine purpose. There are, there are valuable gifts and treasures in this house that, that have just been buried. And you thought, I'll just sit in the back and I'll just, you know, you know, I got hurt at my last church. And so I come in buried under the soot and the ash of my last experience. But last week, the broom started sweeping through the house because God said, you cannot stay hidden in this house. There is a purpose and a plan for your life and you cannot stay hidden in this house. Well, all the religious leaders that were into money were like, yeah, yeah huh? that makes sense. I check my bank accounts often because I, you know, I still use a checkbook. I, 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 I want to make sure that I'm, I'm a good steward of what has been given to me. Jesus, you're a great storyteller. Is that it? No, I got one more. There were two sons. And the younger son said to his father, I've been waiting for you to die. You haven't died yet. I'm just telling you, when I read the Bible, that's the way it hit me. That's why I'm saying this daddy had to be built different, because if my son ever... I've seen the insurance policies, I've been waiting for you to die, and you just seem to get, be getting healthier. You done changed your whole diet, started eating raw vegetables, and you're juicing in the morning, and... <laughs> I don't understand why you, you look younger than I do. <laughs> when we go out, they keep calling you my older brother. You ain't dead yet. Give me my money, man. <laughs> Trying to bounce, sir. Sick of waiting on you. Give me my inheritance now. And here's the, un, the, the, the this is just unbelievable. The father gave him what he would have given him, what would have been dispersed to him when he died. He gave him his, his inheritance early. And that boy went straight out the door. I mean, you're talking about premeditated? He did not pass go. That dude had his suitcase packed already. Oh, word? You gonna get, thank you. He was gone. Scripture says that he spent it all on riotous living. His older brother made it very, very plain. <laughs> Isn't it amazing how we try to touch up our testimony? Before I got saved, man, I, I was just into riotous living. You were sleeping with prostitutes? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly. I didn't know you were gonna ask for clarity, but that's exactly what I was doing. I was, <laughs> I was tricking off bread for prostitutes. That's exactly what that was. This boy goes out, spends all his money on stuff that is temporary. He thought if he had the money and he could do what he wanted, it would satisfy the emptiness he felt in his soul. But at the end of all of it, he had nothing, the same thing he had before he left the house. 
And he said, I'm out of money. And I don't live at home anymore. I could just go back to my dad if I ever needed anything. And I'm disconnected from my father, so I need to get a job. And the only job that was available in a famine was the feeding of some pigs. So we had to go feed pigs. And you know, pigs eat anything. Anything. I'm not coming against all my bacon eaters in the room. If you like pork as a Gentile, <laughs> consider yourself blessed and knock yourself out. I stopped eating pork over two decades ago because I just, I, I just saved more for you. That's all I really did. I just, I'm saving more for you. But if you need some Bible in the New Testament, the demons voluntarily said, can we just go into the pigs? And I just thought, if this animal can be a vessel for demons, I'm going to go ahead and let them live. I'm not, you might not say that's shame conviction. You're going to have bacon today, twice. You're going to be like, 12 slices, sir. I don't care nothing about Tim's sermon. I want 12 slices of bacon lined up. He's feeding the pigs. And as he's feeding the pigs... He starts getting an appetite for what pigs eat. He is looking at what he's feeding the pigs, thinking to himself, that does look kind of. Which lets you know that there are levels to this. The further you stay disconnected from your father, the more you will start to do that you thought you would never do. I'm gonna stay on this for just a second. Anybody ever, ever said never? Anybody ever had to eat those words because what you said you never do, you actually did? Because outside of God's presence, you are susceptible to do anything. The further you stay away from the Father, stuff that you said you would never do starts to look good to you, starts to sound good to you. Why? Because you're no longer in his presence. There are, there are things my kids do outside of my presence that they will never do in my presence. Which is why at their age and stage, I keep them close to me because I want them to understand how different their mindset is in the presence of their father. You ever walked in a room when your kids were doing something crazy? And you ever seen the shift in their entire behavior? Their whole disposition, like they, they're, they're too young to be really good deceivers. You walk in a the room, they like, huh, oh boy. Okay, all right, thought you were asleep, okay. What are y'all doing? No, uh, nothing. We, there's just nothing going on in here. Have no idea how an iPad got in my room. What are you talking about? There's an iPad in your room? I didn't even know. So you say, isn't it amazing how different it is when authority comes into your life? He's looking at that, he's looking at all these pods that the pigs are eating. He's going, this is, this is too, this is good. I should have some of that. Oh, thank you, Jesus. 
But the scripture says, he came to his senses. Oh, God, I don't have time. He came to himself. He remembered where he was prior to where he currently was stationed. He, he came to, he remembered that he had a daddy. He remembered he had a home. He remembered he had covenant. He remembered that he didn't have to ask for food, clothing, or shelter. It was always provided. Jehovah is his name. He, he remembered that he had everything he needed in his father's house. So why am I here? He said, I'm a son of a father. The servants in my house eat better than this. And he said to himself, I, you know what? I may not ever get anything else from my daddy. He may disown me and never call me his son again in his life. But if I can't be a son, I'd be a servant. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God than to be outside of his presence. It, it, whatever job you would give me, sir, he started rehearsing it to himself. Daddy, I apologize. I was a fool. Shouldn't have done that. See, what happened was I started feeling myself and I thought, I thought your rules were stupid. I, I thought the boundaries that you had given me were yours and not mine. What you were telling me I needed to do with my life, I didn't like it because it was cramping the way I wanted to live. It was restricting the urges that I had. But now that I'm out, I didn't know that without boundaries, I'd be down here with pigs. I didn't know that without your commandments, I could be reckless and petty and bitter and hold a grudge and steal and lie and cheat. I had no idea that without your boundaries, I'm no good. So he started rehearsing his apology speech and he said, I'm gonna go home. I don't know what my daddy's gonna say when I get there, but I'm, I'm going home. And he got up, brushed himself off, but it was still dirty. He got off what he could, but he knew he couldn't get off the rest unless he got home. He couldn't buy himself a change of clothes and, and, and get himself together before he came home. He just had to go home dirty. He had to walk in the house dirty. He was going to have to meet his daddy dirty. And I don't know who this is for, but you will never clean yourself up. You're going to have to come back into his presence dirty. You're going to have to come back into his presence damaged. You're going to have to come back into his presence disheveled. You're going to have to come back into his presence just with what you have on. I'll never forget January 14th, the day that I gave my life to Jesus. I had a severe porn addiction. I had porn under my mattress at the house on that date. I remember saying to myself, if I, you, okay, I, I feel like I need to give my life to Jesus, but you know what? Give me a week. Let me get home. And when I get home, I will clear out the mattress and uh, I, will, I will break up with the girls I've been having sex with. 
and 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 I will I will come clean to my parents and 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 I just need seven days. And the Holy Spirit said to me, thank thank you, Jesus, for the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit said to me, He said, You will do none of that unless you leave here with me. You haven't been able to do it. All them promises you made to yourself, you can't do it without the power of the Holy Spirit. All those, all those resolutions you made in January, you're not going to be able to do it without the power of the Holy Spirit. You need somebody greater than you on the inside if you're going to live a life that is disciplined as a disciple of Jesus Christ. We can't do it on our own. You want credit, but he wants glory. He will never share his glory with another. You didn't save yourself. You didn't change yourself. You didn't transform yourself. God and God only. Only God can take somebody dirty and give them a divine purpose. Only God can take somebody crazy and give them a covenant. Only God can take somebody faithless and make them faithful, only God. So that boy, that boy, hey, that boy came. He came just as he was, dirty. Smelling like a pig, hair matted, shirt torn, and he's trying to make it home. He's rehearsed his apology. If I just get this, if I can just repent right, if I say the right words, maybe my daddy would take me back. And he's walking. The scripture says, while he is still a long way off. Why he is still far from home. His daddy. He wasn't going to go get him. Because God will leave the 99 to go after who's lost. But he will not leave the 99 to go after who left. And so his daddy was looking through the window. His daddy had more faith than his son. Your boy leaves. Some of y'all have wayward children right now. You're wondering, God, I don't know if you're going to get them. Keep looking out the window. Don't you give up on your baby. Keep looking. I don't care what they've been into. I don't care what they've done. Keep looking out the window because Scripture says the father saw him afar off. And when he saw him afar off, the, the father saw the son, but the son couldn't see the father. The son didn't know that he had been acknowledged. He thought I was going to have to get in the house first not knowing that God saw him way out there. And daddy ran out there to get him. 
ran out there to get his son. And his son rehearsed his speech. He said, Daddy, I apologize. This is on me. I, 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 don't, I don't deserve to be in your house no more. And while he's trying to give him his repentance speech, the father was like, shut up. You think I needed to hear you say it? You think I was waiting for you to fill out a salvation card to know that you had changed your mind? You, you think I need you to bow your heads and close your eyes and everybody that feels like they've been called to raise their hand to know? No, no, no. I saw you when you turned and started walking this way. Before you even opened your mouth to say, I'm sorry, I saw when your heart turned. I saw when everything in your mind said, I can no longer do this on my own. I am coming home today. I said, I saw you were far off. I don't even need you to finish what you're about to say. Servants! Hey! Get a robe, a ring, and some shoes. Remember, he was dirty. He said, the first thing we're going to do is change your clothes. Before we get in the house, I don't even want you to think that you have to explain yourself to everybody else in the room. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to change you before you walk in the house. We're going to get you a new change of clothes. And when you walk in, you're going to look better than when you walked out. You're going to walk in with stuff that you didn't have on when you left here. You didn't have on a robe when you left here. You didn't have on a ring when you left here. You didn't have on these sandals. But when I change you, I can do it like that. He put on that robe. He said, kill the fattened calf. Make a sacrifice. My boy is home. Bring him in. My boy is home. And everybody started praising God. Scripture says, so the party began. And here's why the party began. He said, my, my son was dead. Was he dead though, daddy? Because he didn't die and come back to life, but he was dead. Dead in his sins. Dead to my will, dead to my way. He was dead. My son was dead. Now he's alive. He was lost. Now he's found. So let the party begin. If you want to know why you need to be in a party, it's because you were dead and now you're alive. You were lost and now you're found. So a party can begin. But here's what I hear some of you all saying to yourself. I don't deserve a party. I don't deserve for you to put on all of this extra stuff for me. I, I, I don't deserve, I spent everything and now you're giving me more? Daddy is built different. God is not like your earthly father. He's not like your earthly mother. He's not like your grandparents. He's not like your friends. He is not waiting for you to prove anything. He's simply saying, come back now. 
I'll throw a party right now. I don't need you to give a long speech. I saw when your heart turned. I saw you when you left my direction. I see you coming back in my direction. Your actions tell me louder than your words where your heart really is. And so we're having a party. And the servants start scrambling. And they're like, that, that, the boy that left, remember we thought he was crazy because that's the son. We servants and we, he left. We throw a party. And they went and found that cow. That cow was probably grazing. Thinking it was going to make another day. And they went up to that cow and was like, burgers. And so... There was a sacrifice made for that boy to come home. There was a sacrifice offered up for that boy to come home. And, and everybody was happy. Everybody was down for the party. Except his older brother. And his older brother was mad because his daddy never even gave him a goat. The reason why the older brother was mad because the perspective of his father was wrong. I've slaved for you. I've been faithful to you. I've been on the battlefield for the Lord for a long time. You've never given me a party. Son, I never even called my servants slaves. So if you feel like you've been slaving for me, our relationship is out of order. If you feel like serving in my house is slavery to you, if you felt like the more you worked, the, the more you'd earn, then, then our relationship is off. You don't even see me as daddy, you see me as master. Do you know how many people come to church every weekend to serve their master? not their father. He said, son, you, you can't stay out here. Now think about this. The younger brother left and came back home. The other brother was always home. But he was outside working and refused to come back in because his brother came home. Look at the trade-off. The older brother had never left the house the younger brother did, but when the younger brother came home, the older brother said, I refuse to come in the house. C could it be that in God's attempt to get sinners saved, religious people have walked out the door? And they've said, I refuse to come back to church if they're in there. I smelt them, and I looked at them, 
and I heard about them. And I grew up with them. If they're going to be in there, I don't want to be in there. And God is saying, I'm trying to throw a party. And the only one standing in the way of it is you. So let the parties begin. And I felt like my assignment today was to preach people into parties. Not to coerce you, not to manipulate you, just to exhort you, to encourage you that you deserve a party. For what you've survived, for what you've been through, you deserve to throw a party. There's somebody in this room, I'm not going to ask nobody to close their eyes, bow your heads, I'm going to just flow. There's somebody watching, and you need to come home. You need to come home. You have been out there long enough, and you need to come home. You've come to your senses. You know every time you're done, you go, I'm out here with pigs. I don't know why I keep coming out here with pigs. I know I need to come home. Remember, this was a son that left. Somebody needs to come home. And so, without any fanfare, without any hoopla, whether you're in this room or online, come home. And if that's you, and you need to meet me up here, there's somebody in this room that needs to come home. Don't worry about trying to fix yourself up. Don't worry about trying to dust yourself off. Just come home. If that's you, would you come? Come from wherever you are. Just, I don't care where you're, where you're coming from. Just come. Sons and daughters get to come home. 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 This is your house. Sons and daughters get to come home. If you're watching online, I just want you to type in the chat, I'm coming home right now. I am coming home right now. Coming home right now. <laughs> I love you.
Thank you, Lord. Anybody else want to come home? It's not too late. It's not too late. I need to come home. I want to come home. Listen, <laughs> there's an anointing on you. There's a grace on you. There is a peace that God is bringing to you for everything you've gone through, for everything that you've survived, for everything that you've had to navigate. God's going to make you laugh so much over the next year. It's going, you're going to be like, I've never laughed this much in a year in my life. Just feel it. Feel it. For everybody that's down here, do you not know how much he loves you? He loves you. And you deserve a party. You don't need to like, well, let me, let me change some stuff first. And no, 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 no. He just throws a party for you. We can, we can sort out the rest later. God's like, we'll sort out. The, we're going to have a party. We're going to eat this food. And then if we need to, you know, if we need to call your employer at the pig factory and let them know you're not coming back, we'll, we'll do that. But we're going to have this party first. If you got to break off a relationship, we're going to have this party first. And then we'll call and be like, hey, so sorry. Went back to my dad's house. Can't kick it with you no more. Right? If, if No matter what you were into, we're going to party first. And then we'll deal with everything else later. Is that all right? Are we down to have a party first? Before we try to figure out what's next and what we going to do and how we going to do it. And do you want to go to discipleship class? And are you sure you want to? No, we don't care. We're going to have a party first. I wish I had cupcakes. Ooh, I wish I had cupcakes right now. So I just want to celebrate. You walking up here says more than anything you could say. I could lead you through the sinner's prayer. But if it wasn't done in your heart, it wouldn't be done with your mouth. So can we pray for these that have come up here? All right. Okay. All right. I don't know if it's online or if it's in this room, but I cannot move. God, I just break fear and intimidation right now in Jesus' name. I just break it in Jesus' name. There's no fear. There's no intimidation. God, I, I pray that you would just saturate this room with love right now because perfect love casts out fear. So God, we thank you for the love that is enveloping this room right now. I thank you for a safety that's enveloping this room right now. 
in Jesus' name. Thank you for your love. It's with loving kindness have you drawn people, Lord God. You draw us with your loving kindness. You don't draw us with anything else but love. So thank you for your love that is filling this room right now. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Okay, before we pray, if you're praying, just close your eyes and pray. But I cannot move on. There's somebody else. And I don't, I don't, because we got people in here and, and watching, I don't know who it is, but I'm just going to give space. Whether you're watching or you're in this room and you need to make a move. If you're in the room, you need to walk up here. If you're watching, I just want you to type, I'm coming home. But I want to give space and I'll just pray for about 30 seconds or so. I just want to give space for whoever that is. God, thank you so much that you call your sons and daughters home. We bring, we, we want to be in your presence. We want to be in your house. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. We want to be in your house. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father God, I thank you so much. I thank you for this church. I thank you for this word. I thank you for this move of God. I thank you for parties. God, we will let the party begin in our own lives. We will let the parties begin in our own souls. We will let the party begin in our own homes. God, thank you for bringing us home. We were dead, but now we're alive. We were lost, but now we are found. And that is enough to let the parties begin. Lord, have mercy. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening today. If this message spoke to you in any way, please subscribe in your favorite podcast app and leave a review too. We would like to connect with you. For past messages, updates, and more, please visit embassycity.com. You can watch live on Sundays and view past messages on our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash Church. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Embassy Irving. If you'd like to support more of what we're doing, you can give online at embassycity.com or text embassycity, all one word, to 77977. We pray you have a great week. Thanks for listening today.